dreams versus spoken language and that the dream world for sure must be the 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 basically the quantum loading space for perception so when we start seeing transformations as we've been seeing transformations now, and I even feel like we are in a different space, but that seems to not have much to do with, I don't feel what necessarily is going on outside. Because if I was in just sitting by the river and never turning on the TV, then the frequency is going to maintain a certain wavelength. It seems to be what's going on inside. And when something's going on inside, how it's reflecting on me. And I guess the main way of putting this was, is when this whole thing started breaking out with the whole COVID, I remember in a dream, go, getting on a bus and wondering if people had COVID on the bus. So it was like somehow, and this was not even being like, uh, I'm not following this stuff, not reading this stuff. You hear about it, you move on. But for me, I was like seeing it in the dream and now it was kind of being embedded as a part of my dream. I also start seeing when people were passing away, when they were saying, oh, these, a lot of these people are dying, all these people are dying. I, again, experienced that the, the dream world was getting very cluttered. And it was like all the mind states were all, it was just like it wasn't as organized or cohesive at all. You see what I mean? So this is probably because that's all there really is to begin with, really, is that realm that we call the dream space and everything else is actually being projected from there. So when it comes to e any kind of manipulation or embedding, that's where it would take place. And this kind of would hint to why, because still we're talking about that these are, these are frequencies, that when you get into a lower vibrational frequency, I notice even for me, it always seems to load somewhat of the same type of dream. This dream always has to do with like off world, um, kind of like off world government agencies chasing me. <laughs> you see what I mean? And it always kind of starts off like that. And I'm like running the whole dream using clever ways of escaping them, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I, but I recognize, I'm like, it's, it's weird that this dream always loads but it always loads in a specific frequency. So let's talk about when we're entering low vibrations, right? So I know that you can enter a low vibration pretty easy through alcohol. So if you, you drink, right, and then you go to sleep, it's just like your food for these things. It's like every single thing that you could think of that could happen bad starts to unfold within the dream, right? Then there's another one uh, when you're sexually spent, so if you just continue to keep emptying, 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 you will lower your vibration enough to when you get in the dream world, you it will just keep rolling out that dream that you have a tendency not to like to see. So you can then kind of demark that when you start having those dreams, it means that you actually came in contact with something that has taken your frequency into that wavelength. It could be certain types of food. It could be food that you're eating from certain people. It could be certain things that you're eating or whatever. But either way, we're seeing that the lower vibratory frequency is like a net of its own that contains the framework of those artificial eidolons that now can mesh into your framework, right? And the reason why they cannot do that on a high vibratory frequency is because of what's kind of explained in the Quran, that the, the higher you keep getting in this, you're only then attracting or actually becoming receptive to higher intelligences, 
And they're not into that whole low vibratory, let's see him run for five or six hours. Let's see them sweat and go through this abuse, this kind of thing, because that's that vibratory field. And, and all these vibratory fields are doing, as we mentioned before, you know, before we demonize them and, and understand their purposes, they're just trying to inhabit that space in that space in the web. So they're making up that huge web or tapestry or embroidery that we call life. But they also have their light on too. Like we need more inhabitants of this frequency. So anytime you get caught in those lower vibratory fields, they're going to recruit you right into being a host for transference of the life of the thoughts of and the visions, the pictographs and the symbols of that realm. So this is kind of how all of this would work in real time, because at, at every point, something is dreaming. There's animals, man, they be, they be sleep. These animals be sleep, 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 big sleep. And just all into the dream world. Like, have you ever watched your dog over there? He just, like, he's a human in his dream. And this is what I was saying again about there's something also odd and fishy going on behind the scenes with transference. And what we call even time, that what feels like 24 hours a day for us, you know, one hour in the dream world for us may be an entire life of us hosting the thoughts of another life form. But, you know, I'll desist on on those kind of visions and leave those for the scholars. Let's finish here with uh, this next excerpt, which gives us another grand picture. Salient and intelligent the discovery of powerful unconscious psychic forces by Jung and his contemporaries possess massive repercussions. Cannotations that are worth restating. Whence did they come? Ostensibly, the Karin assumes the appearance of the self and is conjured as the unconscious or inner voice. In his memories, Jung reported that he would often converse with his own daemon, an angelic being, which he named Philemon, from the Greek lexicon affectionate, a derivative of philema, a kiss. Epistemic, the, intima, the intimation is of philos, loving, and is an allusion to philosophy, the lovers of wisdom. Jung's epithet Philemon, affectionate, combines the idea of philia, friendship, and phylos, a friend, literally one who loves, a compound pun. Philemon translates approximately as a hidden friend and a clever anagram. The, philo the, the psychologist Jung, by naming the entity Philemon affectionate, made the following clear inferences. Philemon was his friend. Inferences. Philemon was his friend. The being was hidden from sight. It conveyed great wisdom akin to the philosophical tradition. Speaking with Anilia Jaffe has close friends and colleagues about his Damon Jung recalled, Philemon was simply a superior knowledge, and he taught me philosoph uh, psychological objectivity and the activity of the soul. Okay? So, again, this is that awareness that so... What would happen then logically, because birds of a feather flock together, that once you start taking on a certain mode, 
That's why they call it the invisible college. Once you start taking on the mode of being inspired by vast consciousness, deeper levels of clarity. Make sure everything's going on right over there. Here's some loud noises over there. One second. Okay. I guess they're partying over there. Excuse me. <laughs> they love to get me live over here. So basically what I'm saying is, is that when you put yourself into a position of being a receptor of higher states of consciousness, that wavelength itself is always open to inspiration. What's literally being expressed here is that you have your guardian, you know, because when you, when you say your guardian, it almost seems like, you know, we kind of think of these movies where, you know, you got this big buff person standing at the door or, you know, this huge angel or dragon or whatever, you know, he doesn't say anything and it's just there guarding, guarding you, right? And that's just all, you know, that's fairy tales. We're talking about that. It's saying that your guardian was like your friend, that it was an affectionate connection and a friendship that was developed between you and an aspect of yourself that was more aware of everything that was going on because it was tied into the same wavelength that all the acknowledge exist in in the first place. And that's what I was saying. So this remote control vehicle that we're talking about is the one that actually contains all the data. So it's almost like when you're in the pod, the pod does not contain everything on the ship. It's kind of like the difference between my laptop and my desktop. You know, it's like I could do things on my laptop or more or less my iPad. That's a better example. My difference between my iPad versus the desktop. There's a cutoff point <laughs> where now I got to get back on the desktop to do all this, like all the camera hookup and all this kind of stuff. So it's like your, your remote being is the one that is actually containing your baggage, if you may. All of your knowledge and all of your wisdom of all of the, the DNA and everything that you can think of. However, when you access that through remote control, if you are always dialing in, because just like you access the computer, that's why I said it's something like an artificial intelligence, something like a grouping system, because when you access the system, you can access certain slivers of the data set that are on lower vibratory frequency, and you can constantly have a tie-in to that specific channel, and then that could be coming across your mind as, I don't look good anymore. I don't feel well today. And so basically you can open up a channel or a wavelength inside of your consciousness. You, cause this is the, the actual equipment that you're already installed with. But if you open up, and I think I mentioned that already before, so I'm repeating myself, if you open up the wrong channels, then you don't get this inspiration. You don't get this music and tones that now you create a beautiful song with. You don't get you know, the, 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 the deeper levels of revelation of this existing knowledge that's all around you and how you're shaped. You don't get those aha moments. You don't get any of that if you're not dialed into yourself properly. You'll get something, but you won't get that. So that's basically saying, or what I'm saying is, is that you have to tune yourself to be like what you want to be around. Because the same rules apply. If you're not carrying your, if you're carrying yourself a certain way, you're going to attract the kind of things that carry themselves that same way. And so if you want the data set, if you may, of vast consciousness, 
you only need to tune into that. And that's an awareness because immediately you're going to be able to tell yourself what's not going to dial you into that wavelength. It's going to be very easy for you. And then when you start tuning into that wavelength, you're going to be able to see when you start tuning out of it. And you're also going to be able to see when you're tuning into it even more perfectly so that the transmission comes through clear. But that's the focus. The focus is the intention to actually know that you are remote controlling your data set because you cannot roll around with everything. And that's why I was saying that the ship must be consisting of all of us because that's how the ship is designed. It has all of the entire data set. That's why I was saying it's got folks acting crazy and doing stupid things because it has the entire data set being held within all the units within within it. And then any event that you actually use your remote control system, where you're actually putting yourself is you're putting yourself into the place where everything is unified. So do you see what I mean? So if everybody is remote controlling, they're still remote controlling from one main component. And all you're doing is, is you're placing yourself into that component, which also has connections to every single thing that is being perceived in the reality. And this is generally automatically happening, but the wavelength or the channel that you're tuned into is oftentimes governed by the dogmatic codes and the the ways of life that are embedded within the society, such as uh, I did get a chance to spend about 15 minutes that I'll never get back in my existence on watching the interview with Kanye on drink chaps. (laughs) And I'm just marveling at how this stage Especially because remember, I've been through every single Orthodox tradition. So in Christianity, this is not a Christian. You know, you can't drink Hennessy as a Christian. You just, you know, there's rules to it, right? But this is now what a Christian is because society is saying that's what a Christian is. But actually, don't even look at it as society. Do you see the error there? Society is a receptor. How They're not running anything. It's not society that is actually making all of that what people are doing and doesn't even seem like common sense anymore. It's like, you know, you're name dropping Balenciaga and Hillary Clinton and you're talking about you're on a revolution. It's like, this is exactly what we're on the revolution against. Not, you know, see, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm saying. But when it can become acceptable, it's just a, a play. It's just a show to show you how malleable the whole framework actually is and how the controllers of this society could change majority of the people in the society to liking and agreeing with whatever they want. It's just really about not actually taking the world into a certain level of consciousness where it destroys the system that has already been uh, implemented, whether that is on a positive or a negative level. So whether the world goes into this massive awareness and no longer the controllers can control the, the controls of the line can't master the system anymore because everybody goes into a high vibration or that they don't consistently keep creating more distortions and variants so that people still follow along, follow along with their lead. So, but again, an O to that, None of the things of how they were actually being done or they said that people knew how they were represented or being represented in that way, mostly in this time. Like from the ayahuasca journeys all the way to how Christianity and Orthodox Christianity is supposed to be all the way to Orthodox Islam and how that's really supposed to be all the way down to meditation, all the way down to any of those things that had a real way of actually being at a certain time that this society has come through and re-engineered all of that. There used to be the traditions like certain traditions you can't even go into unless you start off from the time you're a baby. 
Now they got folks that just go right away and start becoming that. It used to be traditions that you could not enter that tradition unless you were part of that culture and that group of people. Now all the doors are open and everybody comes in the way that they want, even take pictures and selfies inside. So do you see that society as a whole, though, this is just what we're talking about, can be re-engineered and shaped and changed. So where you have to be at, though, is you have to be able to remote control and control yourself to be able to change into what you want things to happen and to be. And how you do that, in conclusion here, is also through this awareness, and we'll read this straight out of the, uh, out of the text here. It goes on and it says, inspired by a spirit, the philosopher Socrates is likewise said to have had a daemon companion. So now we've identified Jung as saying he had a familiar named Philemon. And now we have Socrates who also admitted this, that he had a daemon companion. And he said, historically, it is recorded that Socrates possessed an Agatha daemon, a good demon, who whispered in one ear and a cockadaemon or a bad daemon who whispered into the other compatible with the teachings of Muhammad. The daemons mentioned by Socrates are the Karim Katiban, literally the honorable scribes in the words of the Quran, the Surah 50, Quaf, uh, verse 17, two receptors. Okay. Now watch this two receptors recording angels set to record one on his right side and one on his left side. Okay, Hellenistic and sourced from the classical literature, the manifest manifestation of the two daemons suggests the possibility that free will is an illusion or is severely curtailed. Ident identical, the Karim Kataban are accredited to the hermetical text outlined in the 16th book of Labellus as the two irrational parts of the soul. The description fits exactly with Cicero's definition of the intellect divided into the rational and the irrational mind, the human and the demonic. Otherwise, the conscious and the subconscious mind, the linchpin of psychoanalytical theory. So very clearly stated here, as I said before, what we're dealing with is a system that when you disconnect it at any point, all of it becomes disconnected. So the failure, again, to utilize one's remote control leaves still one susceptible to something else using its remote control, literally like a, a mimic or a clone. That is an insert that then becomes the person's character or ideals until they wake up to this and dethrone this thing out of their consciousness. But it goes on. And it still lets you understand that the consciousness still consists of two receptors. Now, I'm not sure how they're not seeing this. Two receptors, recording angels, set to record one on his right side and one on his left. This could be none other than the two hemispheres of the brain. And very specifically, as we've talked about, we talked about also that it was symbolic that there was Cain and then there was Abel. And they have two totally different ideals and they're set up in the temple. So this means that these two receptacle recorders, one is rational and the other one is irrational. That's why they say one is logic and then the other one is just creative, right? And these two are constantly going at it and this is what you're listening to. So the same thing, once again, that the philosopher that so Socrates is talking about as if it's exclusive to him is actually going on in everybody's mind.
they have an athedamon and a cachedamon, or a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere, a rational and an irrational. Some would say a good or a bad one, even though these good and bad, it doesn't actually give us the real explanation of what it is because we missed the, the median. This is also why they say that it suggests that the possibility that free will is an illusion or is severely curtailed. Now, this is the exact words that we're using, bringing it full circle here to exactly what we're talking about. Let's read it again. It says, Hellenistic and sourced from classical literature, the manifestation of the two daemons suggests the possibility that free will is an illusion or severely curtailed. So they leave you some room in there. They're saying it could be severely curtailed. What are they saying? They're saying that with having a cockadamon and an agathodamon, i.e. a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere, i.e. a Cain and an Abel, i.e. a good and a bad angel, constantly talking inside of your mind or inside of your consciousness would still produce this state to where you would not really have free will. You seem to constantly be engaged, like either with the good thought or the bad thought. And I had a deeper elaboration of that. I chopped the video. I haven't uploaded it yet. But it was something that we dug into the other day. And I was explaining how when I see people suffering, especially people that I know count on me or depend on me or believe in me, it gets me a bit crazy because whatever is making them suffer, I want to end them or it. So if it happens to be something that I can identify, oh, it's the government, oh, it's the, it's the spiritual system, it's whatever, I get infuriated and I want to eliminate the spiritual system or the government. So I was mentioning also that many of us have this same kind of energy that when we see something being abused, we kind of, we get a little bit more engaged in others about stopping that abuse. And I also mentioned that some people will actually take your life if they feel like that you are, if they get into that juxtaposition, they feel like that you are the problem. They're so serious about eliminating the problem. They're even willing to take somebody's life because of that. Just because they would feel like in themselves that they were doing an ultimate good. Do you get it? So this is the good Damon. It can have you doing crazy, horrendous things in a good way. <laughs> like, slaying an entire tribe of people who don't believe in the same tradition and religion that you believe in all the way from the babies to the old people to whatever in the name of good. <laughs> right? So that's good, Damon. While also we realize that if you start looking at people and you just exclaim for one moment that it's still them that has got themselves into the situation that they're in and it is their fault, so despite, you know, we may want to blame somebody else that they're directly responsible for what is happening to them. That seems kind of bad to say something like that. Somebody could say that you're very insensitive because it is really the government's and they could go on and on about it. But really what it is, is, is that when you leak, meaning that when your energy, which clearly this is about, if you're consciously, if you're constantly engaged with an eidolon that is basically derailing all your powers, it drains all your energy, and then you end up with less life force. So in that process, you start forgetting where your neutral point is and always entering into some kind of dualistic or polar polarity setting. And in this, you get scarred up. You literally gain entropy. You basically lose spin. You lose 
gumption. You lose force and energy, right, in this. So you, get, you develop entropy. And what entropy is, is like you start to slow down. But since life doesn't slow down and existence is infinite, you reincarnate. And I actually think this is how some people have gotten into animal bodies because they'll go into these conflicts and these dualistic sets all their whole life and they'll get worn down. And then when they get reanimated because there's not enough soul force to build another at least human body, phi-based design, then they get downgraded into another phi-based design uh, that, that, doesn't contain, that doesn't need as much soul force. And or, and or, you also have several levels to any culture. So you can be, let's say, on the higher end of a culture or on the lower end. So you could be in the penthouse or you could be downtown on cardboard, right? And so, and, and that is the expansion of even the incarnations within the physical until eventually, as I said before, if you continue to do this, you continue to leak, you gain more and more weight. You, it's like a vicious cycle because this is still a lot making you pers- uh, receptive to low vibratory frequency. And we talked about in low vibratory frequencies exists this nest of eidolons. And this is why anytime a person gets on their down and out, this is when you already see them trying to adapt this kind of religion. When they be on the streets, they had this Bible with them and everything because they're already in this lower vibratory frequency. So it's actually put them on the same wavelength as the eidolon. And because the eidolon is vampiric, these are like, these are, these are forces that are feeding off of the person, literally like what you would see in an alien movie. It develops a husk around them that is not them. Then the person starts going around talking like they've been cloned. They start talking like they're a part of the whole thing, right? And they become the representative of the whole thing. But the whole thing is exists for thousands and thousands of years and actually involves way more deeper components that have a vaster state of consciousness of manipulation than that particular person that's being manipulated. So very specifically, Kanye West, if he's not aware already that what he's in when he's singing these songs to Jesus is still the deepest level of vampiric system that one could really traverse in the world today, then he would be only surrounded again in that same lower vibratory field. So it becomes common sense after a while to start mapping out all of this. But your your benefit here, because this is not saying anything about Kanye West, because as we said about space and time, we'll always be dealing with a Kanye West. No matter when you or whoever you have in the program, you're always going to be dealing with them somewhere in the framework. But for you as an acolyte of this entire spectrum, you actually have an ability to utilize your tether Uh, from yourself to the source in order to remote control any vibratory frequency that you wish to receive information and data sets from. So that still allows you to be able to progress beyond all of what people could even think of in the world as an actual achievement, whether that's a Prada bag or getting everybody to like you or any of those kind of things. Like there are, there's stuff out there as you've even tapped into some of the things here on earth, the plants, the, the different type of crystals, the meteors, et cetera, some of the substances, et cetera, that show you that you would give away all of anything, the highest what a person could think they could gain in this physical external world to receive just what is the opening and the entrance to the worlds to come or the future of greatness and high frequency and high purpose. 
So very specifically, free will is when you have an Agatha Damon and a Kaka Damon oscillating as wheels within wheels inside of your mind to generate, you need to figure out, once again, where this central free will point is inside of your consciousness because free will, what it does is, despite that these two are engaged, you are in certain ways it's like, okay, it's like you're on the chariot. The wheels of the chariot are not you, though. You're not the wheel of the chariot. So notice how, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to show you this image here. it at here okay so what I'm what I'm trying to pull up here is is that now I may have to do this later but you see this image and in this image they have it's like an older image and it shows man in this wheel and he's the spokes right and they show this even about the Messiah, that he's this, he's this wheel. And this is the awareness that you could either be this, you could either tap into this left and this right hemisphere, this good and this bad. And in that, you will basically become an inhabitant of those dualistic worlds. Or you could get into the center of your consciousness which will be the only place that you have free will. So if you can imagine how that would feel, that would feel like all the perils that could be cooked up in the left brain. You know how they say that one side of the one side of this is rational and the other side is irrational. The irrational one is the one that can be like, man, an earthquake can happen right now and a whole house file down on us. That's just not it's not that's not really rational. It's not really probable to actually think like that. But you could be filled consistently with very negative, irrational thoughts. So what we're talking about very specifically is that you're capable of reaching the center part of your brain. And in that center part of your brain, you activate free will. It doesn't mean that the left and the right hemisphere stop spinning, though, because they're a part of the original design. It just means that instead of them spinning and they're like and you're like the spokes, you're now basically able to see the whole picture and utilize the actual force of, of these two vehicles to give you a, a total perception. Okay. So let me, let me finalize here because I think I'm, I don't want to lose this. So we're talking about free wills in the center of the mind. Okay. So th this is the conclusion. Yeah, that that's what it is. There's one more piece here. Okay. This piece right here, it's called rule 30. Give me one quick second here. So others have attempted to explain this, this anomaly of our existence. I'm going to start off here and whether we have a purpose. And what was developed is a model called Rule 30. And how this model works is, is basically you... 
you set up a one-dimensional array or like a grid, and then you basically replicate the shape or you replicate the color that is, is adjacent to the first shape inside the grid. So to make this very simple, what has been proven is, is that life is actually not complex at all. It's actually very simple. And because it's very simple, it actually produces something very complex that it's proven now within the design, the fabric and the framework of the, how the entire reality is constructed, that the simple produces the complex and not vice versa. So we should see then the simple as the higher intelligence. I'll say that again. We should see the simple as the higher intelligence because the simple is basically the, the master code. And what this master code is about is it's saying that if you did something as simple as creating in the same pattern that nature creates in, which they've seen on a cellular level, what it will produce is it will produce these anomalies where you would have this infinite amount of unique designs that would never repeat themselves. And they say they run these models in computers and they run on quantum systems and, they, and then mathematicians try to find where the loop is in this code. And in the rule 30, they're even giving out money for anybody who can find it. But of course, they know that no one is going to find it. Because what it is, is it's proof that the simple creates the complex. And that to deploy a reality like this, you only start off with the simple pattern like you're seeing in phi. That's another, rule 30 is a mathematical variable of phi. It's showing that if you just use a very simple, this very simple rule, you'll get something complex. So if the rule is just keep adding the number that to the number that appears before it and then try to draw that out as a pattern, you're going to be able to do that infinitely and keep, and keep having different patterns and more and more creations. So when you look at our existence and you look at our world, you can see clearly that rule 30 is basically playing out here and that that is the purpose. It's for, and, and you can't, this is why it, it always eludes everyone about what the purpose is because every single thing that's created inside of this is unique. So that, uh, that automatically makes us feel like, well, everybody then has a unique purpose, but it's not the uniqueness that is needed to confirm the originator's goal. You see what I mean? So one, one kind of comes before the other. So I just kind of want to desist here for a moment because, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I just want to zoom into the specifics on this because I don't want to get lost or anybody lost in all this. It's just the simple awareness that as we get closer and closer to who we really are, things will become more and more simple. The brain or the respective hemispheres of the brain 
will always try to make things more and more complicated or produce different scenarios because that's their design. That's what they do. But in free will, you're not really paying attention to the next new thing that is being created within the uniqueness of the hemispheres of the mind. What you're actually doing is you're more of staying in a frequency to be able to dial into the higher purpose. So there's a lower purpose. It's like our base function is to continue our dualistic wheel turning in our consciousness, which creates uniqueness. It's combustion. It's conflicts. It's intimacy. Right. And then the birth from intimacy. But there's another floating point here. And that floating point is in the center of your consciousness. And it actually gives you the ability to disengage something without even it knowing that you've disengaged. So that way you can discover a centered and connected higher self. It's just you see what I mean? So every moment you're teaching yourself. Thank you, family. Thank you, Stefan and everyone.